faithwire.com. Hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. Today's Friday, May 21st, 2021. I'm Dan Andros coming up on the podcast today. A huge legal win for a California church that was punished by uh, Gavin Newsom's COVID orders. And a Marvel movie director is apologizing for whitewashing uh, a character who was allegedly supposed to be Asian. Tim Tebow signs a one-year deal with the Jaguars uh, in the NFL, and uh, the haters are out in force uh, because of that. We'll have the details there. And more than 700 sexual exploitation survivors are calling on Congress to investigate Pornhub. We've been covering that story from uh, for some time now, and that is the latest update. We'll have that and more with Trey Gons Phillips from Faithwire.com. Trey, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. You know, I'm feeling kind of nostalgic now that we're going back into to making fun of Tim Tebow for being a Christian. <laughs> it, it feels like the old days. It does. And uh, look, this website launched uh, about four and a half, almost five years ago now. And I, I remember Tebow was transitioning into baseball at that point. It's crazy to think that yeah. it's been that long. Um, that and he just keeps staying in it somehow. He's he's in the spotlight always somehow, and it's amazing you could be this controversial for just being a nice guy, right? I mean, he's just a good yeah, guy. Exactly. I mean, he's a faithful guy. I, I have not seen him really do anything really out of line that I can think of, um, other than dare yeah. to pray in public. Um, and he gets this much hate. It's unbelievable. So, um, so but this is just the latest, uh, the latest in that. So. All right, why don't we uh, why don't we uh, dive right in here? Story number one, and this is a huge legal win for uh, a church in California. Um, they're going to have to pay over one million dollars in legal fees and attorney costs as part of a settlement reached with Harvest Rock Church over litigation surrounding the state's lockdown rules last year. Harvest Rock. And uh, other ministries sued Governor Gavin Newsom over COVID uh, pandemic lockdown orders, limiting the size and scope of worship gatherings. And at the time, they argued that this violated uh, religious freedom and the state's going to have to pay a total of $1.35 million. It also prohibited the unfair treatment of houses of worship and emergency orders, explaining that the state government could, quote, impose capacity or numerical restrictions on religious worship services and gatherings at places of worship that are uh, either identical to or at least favorable as the restrictions imposed on other similar gatherings of similar risk. Uh, This order doesn't prohibit the state from issuing recommendations, uh, it went on to say. So what's the left saying about this? Well, the left has been eerily silent, uh, Trey, on this decision, uh, and the media has been largely silent. This is one of those stories, like I mentioned uh, before we started taping here, it's almost as if it's almost as if no one wants you to notice that this happened. Um, so what's the right saying? Well, Liberty Council Chairman Matt Staver, whose who's legal nonprofit represented Harvest Rock, said uh, in a statement uh, that Newsom has now been permanently quarantined and may not violate the First Amendment rights of churches and places of worship again. So why does it matter? Uh, well, it matters because I mean, churches were clearly, if we're being honest here, churches were clearly uh, targeted uh, excessively and, and disproportionately compared to other uh, operations and businesses and and groups uh, during the COVID pandemic. I mean, early on, it was, 
I, somehow worship gatherings were like ground zero of you know, possible super spreader events. Um, I mean, I remember seeing videos. We covered them, Trey. Like in Mississippi, there was just like 20 police cars showing up at a church service where people were even uh, at times were in uh, in their cars listening to the service, trying to be safe that way, but still gather for worship. And police still showed up. So we saw lots of stories like that. Uh, we covered one, Trey, if you remember, that even uh, in California, they had banned singing online. Like the, the band <laughs> couldn't get together online and then stream it out uh, and and sing. Like, that was the insanity that was going on. Yet at the same time, you'd have hordes of people lining up at Walmart and Target. And that was completely fine. Um, so this is a big win for people of faith and Hopefully, it will set a standard that in the future, as governments won't be as easily able to uh, put these churches in such a difficult position where they're basically faced with getting a fine or possibly even arrested just to show up for church. Yeah, I think it's a lot of the criticism, I think, is is fair because so many people have just looked and said, what's with this hypocrisy, right? Like there were so many people uh, like different stores, like you mentioned, that were you know wide open for the most part for mm -hmm. people to go in. Obviously, they had mask restrictions right. and that stuff, but people could go anywhere they wanted to for that. And then over last spring and summer with all of the protests for Black Lives Matter and then even later, all the rioting, it's like all of this is OK and like not even and like I remember there were even some studies that said that this was actually the, the protests were actually good for the for the pandemic. <laughs> right. like it was it was making it us better yeah. uh, and it was helping to, to heal us. Uh, it's like, and, and no cases were linked to any of the protests. Like, how, how do you know that? Yeah, how the virus, you, the how virus can you possibly say that the virus had this uncanny ability to know when and when not to spread. It was just, you know, hey, if it was at a you know, a, a left-leaning protest, a Black Lives Matter protest, it was totally fine. You know, if you were celebrating yeah. Joe Biden's victory, totally fine. The virus knew to just lay back and chill then because it's a righteous and virtue-signaling virus, I guess. Uh, that seemed to be what yeah. they were saying. It was just they were picking and choosing when it was cool to, you know, push the limits on a, a gathering. So, yeah. And I, I think that's the problem that should bother everybody, regardless of, yeah. of your religious beliefs. If you're a Christian or not, that the government was kind of deeming what was socially acceptable and what was morally yeah. okay, right? Yeah. Like it was it was morally and ethically okay to come together in mass uh, for these Black Lives Matter protests. But to get together to worship, come on, you can just watch that on Facebook Live. Don't be irresponsible <laughs> and try to be together with other and believers. And they sent police in many places. It's and fine. I mean, it was just... Insane. I mean, and look, praise God that we're not in Canada right now because we're seeing what they're yeah, doing. Sure. Still throwing pastors in jail. And, uh, you know, I saw the latest update on pastor, um, the, the Polish pastor up there uh, who chased away uh, Artur Pawlowski, I believe is his name. And someone set his yeah. house on fire over the weekend. I mean, that's My just goodness. it's just insanity. Um, and, you know, that's the division that this kind of stuff has caused. Yeah, for sure. I mean, looking at Canada over this last year, Dan has just been like crazy. Wow. Yeah. It is otherworldly over <laughs> there compared to, to what we're going through. And I thought what we we're dealing with was bad. Yeah. Uh, so scary stuff going yep. on for sure. Indeed. All right. Story number two. Uh, so Kevin Feige, he's the president of Marvel Studios. He said in an interview published this week that he was wrong to cast a white woman uh, for a character depicted as an Asian man in the comic book series for Doctor Strange. 
2016, Feige defended the decision to cast Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One uh, because he was trying to avoid negative stereotypes of a cliche, old, wise Asian man. That was what he said at the time. Mm. Uh, and also, Marvel Studios defended the casting then, saying that the title of the Asian One uh, was not tied to a particular particular ethnicity or nationality, but was instead, quote, a moniker passed down through time, and in this particular film, the embodiment is Celtic. The company said it was very proud to have the enormously talented Tilda Swinton portray the character. Now, though, Feige's saying he was wrong to cast her for the role uh, because of the color of her skin. Uh, we thought we were being so smart and so cutting edge, he said, but now he believes the MCU should have found a way to avoid the stereotypes uh, about uh, Asian men and still cast an Asian character. Uh, Feige's admission comes as MCU is gearing up in September to release its newest movie, Shang-Chi, uh, and The Legend of the Ten Rings, whose title character is based on an Asian comic book superhero. So, what's the left thing about this? Well, they haven't weighed in on this MCU uh, movie in particular, uh, but there have been plenty of uh, there's been plenty of pushback uh, from the left uh, on on limiting who can play certain roles based on the color of their skin uh, or their sexual identity uh, so for example elton john had to come to actor taron edgerton's defense uh, when he is a straight man uh, was cast to play the iconic singer who is of course gay uh, he said that it was BS essentially uh, that people were angry uh, that somebody else was that that a straight man was was playing Elton John. Uh, so Scarlett Johansson also faced backlash in 2017 from the left for agreeing to her role in Ghost in a Shell, uh, which is a movie based on a story set in Japan and authored by a Japanese author. Uh, so last year, the producers of The Simpsons franchise announced after pushback from the left that they would no longer allow white actors to voice any minority characters. Uh, and there's also been debate over the years over whether non-transgender people should be allowed to portray transgender people on TV shows and in movies. So that's just a little bit of, of what the left has been saying over the years. And what's the right saying? Well, conservatives have have not really been vocal on this issue because generally they just reject Hollywood's Hollywood altogether. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, so that's kind of been, been the reaction from, from the right. Uh, so why does this matter? I think it matters because we should be sensitive to accurately portray different experiences and, and to highlight different kinds of voices, of course. But the thing that we should always remember is that one, we're all human beings yeah. and that should be our priority, regardless of, of where you come from, what color your skin is, you know, what, what your orientation is, all that stuff. Uh, but number two, Dan, I think the most obvious uh, issue I have with all of this is that these people are actors. It is literally their job. It's the definition. To portray something that it's they the, are not. It's the definition of an actor is to, yeah, bring yeah. a character to light that you're not. I mean, it's utterly insane that that's even a standard. I mean, you're going to put, yeah. a, you're going to put so many people out of work. I mean, what, well, and think about this. What about what does that does the reverse apply? So if you're an Asian actor, can you not then play a white actor or like a white, you know, someone who was like a white, you know, or some other ethnicity? The, then you yeah. limit the roles of minorities because they can only play roles that match their their ethnicity. And so since right. obviously the majority of people are of a certain type. You're going to naturally, just by statistics, limit the roles that they can play unless you break your own rules and allow them to play different things. I mean, it's just it's a ridiculous standard. And 
I mean, this is what happens when you go to the, the woke route. It's just you end up following absurdity. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's not too late before people realize this because you, you, there's just so many rules that you, know, you can't when you try not to offend anyone. There's so many yeah. rules. I don't see how you could possibly follow them all. Well, and I think, too, uh, with the movies that have characters who are fallen to the LGBT community, uh, what's bizarre to me is this push that only people who are also LGBT uh, should be playing those characters. And I think there's such as the LGBT community for much as much attention as uh, as it gets is a really small subset of society. Yeah. And like you said, to limit those roles to only people in those communities. I mean, what we're going to have five actors who are going to play <laughs> these characters. I mean, yeah. it's just and the, the, the disproportion, the over. I mean, we've got Pride Month coming up, and every company is going to yeah. change to a rainbow. So brace yourself for that. Um, you know, but I always say that if you were an alien from another planet and you just came down here and you knew nothing about the human race and you just watched TV to learn about it, you would think that eighty percent of the population is LGBT. Like you just would think yeah. every. I mean, you would think it. There's just no way you wouldn't. It's just. That's the way it's being celebrated. It's be, it's pushed on in every show. Like I, you would get that sense, I think for sure. But that's yeah. just my theory. I, you know, if aliens I, exist, I, which it seems, by the way, this is unrelated Trey. It seems, by the <laughs> way, we're going down that road. I mean, we have to cover the UFOs on a future podcast here. I know we do need to talk about the UFOs. I mean, because it, we mess up so much stuff on our own on our own planet. I just can't imagine. Do we? Do we really want to open the door to no. other to other universes? No, no, we don't want to bring wokeness to the galaxy. <laughs> we just we need to figure it out here before we export yeah. it anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna hear it like, oh man, no, no Gungans can play uh, these other roles. I mean, we're gonna. I mean, it's just gonna be madness. It's gonna be madness. So yeah. All right, let's head into uh, story number three here. And uh, this one uh, is Tim Tebow back in the spotlight again. And the haters are out in force. So he signed a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which put him on uh, the 90-man roster uh, and gave him a chance to make the team. And he could, he could still be cut and not suit up for the Jags this year. Um, but... Right now, he's got that chance. So the Jaguars also selected Clemson star Trevor Lawrence uh, with the number one pick in the draft. And they have also Tim Tebow's former college coach, Urban Meyer, who's now the coach of the Jaguars. So there's a lot of excitement uh, in Jaguar land there in northern Florida for this upcoming season. Uh, even though Tebow hasn't played a snap in the NFL for nine years and he's been out of the league for over six. He, as we talked about uh, before the podcast here, he spent five years in the minor leagues um you know trying to make a major league roster uh ultimately didn't make it to the big show so what's the left saying well not everyone is excited about tebow uh getting a shot here trey um immediately critics pointed to colin kaepernick and wondered how come kaepernick didn't get a shot and they said it was racism because tebow's white and Kaepernick is not. And obviously Kaepernick is famous for the whole kneeling for the anthem thing. Stephen A. Smith, a prominent sports commentator, called the signing white privilege. And an op-ed today in The Guardian calls Tebow's signing a, quote, farce. In what really read as an anger-filled adult temper tantrum. That's what it sounded like. Let me give you a taste of it. It said, you can be forgiven for not 
uh, for forgetting all about Tim Tebow, unless you really care about God, Florida, minor league baseball, or mundane football analysis. But Tebow time is back, people, and it's not going away anytime soon. The whole situation is hilarious and stupid and utterly compelling. And I don't think he means compelling in a positive way. So what's the right saying? Well, plenty of folks have stepped up in Tebow's defense, not just political left and right. Um, you have uh, former NFL player Brandon Spikes says people need to stop, quote, pulling race uh, expl expletive uh, about the Jags signing him. Uh, former NFL wide receiver Jimmy Smith, who played for the Jaguars, uh, defended the signing, saying they need a guy like him on the team as opposed to someone like Kaepernick. We need a guy like Tebow. Um, he said he's a hometown hero who has a love for the city anyway. And he said Kaepernick would just divide the locker room. Uh, so why does it matter? Well, normally someone getting signed to the 90-man roster isn't really a noteworthy move. But Tebow is one of the most prominent Christian figures in the country today. And, I mean, he's always managed, as we talked about, to handle his notoriety in almost an impeccable fashion. It really is quite something because today you get nabbed for anything, a tweet, a comment. Um, you know, especially Christians. I mean, even Chick-fil-A, you know, they got them. They always ask about your, your view on marriage, et cetera. Um, so, you know, the, it, it says in the Bible, Trey, that, you know, in Titus and elsewhere, it talks about being above and beyond reproach. And it's hard to argue, I think, with the fact that so far, Tebow's been pretty close as you could possibly get to that description. And, um, and I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling this is just a hunch that we are going to be a lot doing a lot of uh, Tim Tebow stories and 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 Jacksonville Jaguar stories actually because Trevor Lawrence uh, Trey is um, known for his faith as well. So uh, I have a feeling. I know you're not a big sports guy, but I, I do have a feeling that we're going to be uh, hitting a bunch of those uh, in the days to come. Yeah, you know, I've if you have like a, a bottle of soda and you take off the top and you just hold the top. Yeah, you could fit everything that I know about sports into the top, <laughs> <laughs> not not the bottle, just the just the top. Yeah. Uh, so, but I do know I do know this that that uh, it is always in vogue with the our secular culture and media to hate on Tim Tebow, which I yeah. don't really understand because the man has to be like the least controversial. <laughs> like athlete yeah. that there is. Yeah. Like I mean, he he's says, crazy. That was his, he that says was his nothing big thing. but positive. Yeah. Yeah. He does nothing but say positive and uplifting things. <laughs> and he just is like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a bizarre, <laughs> a, a bizarre person to just to hate on hate. Yeah. It is really yeah. bizarre. And I mean, I think we know the reason, I mean, the, that op-ed that I mentioned, you, you could, you could, the, the hate was just oozing and they're just so mad that someone, of faith is of of such high character and it just probably frustrates them that they can't criticize like we talked about the other day i think yeah. a lot of unbelievers just are waiting for christians to fall so they can say see hypocrites so i guarantee you there's a lot of people like that that are just cheering just waiting for the day saying i knew it i knew he was a fraud um i mean look we yeah. all know like tebow's a sinner too we're all sinners so uh let's not let's not uh you know no spoiler there i mean we're all sinners we all fall short so um, Tebow's not perfect, but I mean, the guy's doing a good job in, in a big role and, and putting a, a good light on, on Christ, I think. Um, and I yeah. mean, he, everyone has to admit it. All these people that want to criticize him always have to admit that he's a, that he's a upstanding person by all accounts, who's involved with all this charity work and, um, is just kind to, to people. So, 
So good for him on that. And, you know, look, I'm, it makes sense. If you're a business person in northern Florida, Tim Tebow is a local hero for sure. And they're going to love him there. I mean, the guy will sell more jerseys, yeah. I guarantee, by per team than, than probably most of the players in the league. So, of course, if you can get him on the yeah. team, it makes sense. And if you've looked at the guy, he's he's in shape. Let's just say the guy has not stopped working out. So if anyone yeah. can do it, it's Tebow. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like his career seems like an energizer bunny. Like he's, <laughs> he's in he was in college football. He obviously was was pro for a bit, and then he went to baseball, and now he's going back into the pro- professional football. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you know, just keep going as long as he can. You yeah. Know? So, absolutely. And like you said, he certainly will be popular. Absolutely. All right. Story number four. So a uh, a group of seven hundred survivors. Uh, of sexual exploitation are calling on Congress to launch a, a criminal investigation into Pornhub and its elusive parent company, MindGeek. Uh, so this comes as Pornhub, the largest pornography distributor uh, literally in the world, uh, has been credibly accused of hosting not only videos of sexual assault and abuse, but also videos containing child pornography or child sexual abuse material. So the group wrote in their letter, MindGeek, which owns Pornhub and at least 160 other hardcore pornography websites, serves as a case study of corporate indifference regarding harm caused to women and children on its platform. It has received widespread international condemnation for facilitating and profiting from criminal acts, including sex trafficking, filmed sexual abuse of children, and non-consensually recorded and distributed pornography. Additionally, the letter went on to say, because MindGeek intentionally placed a download button on every video distributed on Pornhub until December of last year, after being exposed by the New York Times, the company has violated federal age verification and record-keeping laws uh, that have been in place for over a decade. This is because the download button caused the direct transfer of pornography from MindGeek to servers to individuals and devices all across the world. So it wasn't until after the Times story, which included an interview with a victim of a child pornography, a victim of child pornography on Pornhub, that the website decided to remove millions uh, of videos, which a lot of critics said that that kind of proved that they knew what they had on their website was uh, was illegal. Uh, that they they literally scrubbed millions. I think it's somewhere ten or eleven million videos overnight uh, were removed from the website. Uh, so, and you know, the decision to, le- to delete the videos we should know didn't come until mid-December of last year, uh, and it was because credit card companies, Visa and Mastercard, started to disallow customers to use their cards on Pornhub, uh, which executives at Pornhub said they were exceptionally disappointed by the decision uh, from Visa and Mastercard. Uh, so, but it's it's quite sad that it took that yeah. uh, for them to remove. Yeah. Uh, like I said, literally millions of videos. So this is not a right or left issue. Uh, it's not you know conservative versus liberal. Uh, this kind of abusive material should be disturbing to everyone uh, because it impacts everybody. Uh, and there's a temptation, I think, in our culture to believe that pornography uh, is is a victimless crime, right? It's it's not something that that hurts anybody. It's a it's a victimless decision uh, to look at pornography, but that's just not the case. Uh, Using pornography and even legal pornography props up an entire ecosystem that's full of sexual abuse, child exploitation, and even trafficking. Uh, You know, I'm reading through a new book right now, Dan, called Treading Boldly Through a Mm. Pornographic World. Uh, And the authors are talking about how parents are really having to navigate a minefield with their kids. 
because our culture is so normalized and desensitized to the idea of pornography, uh, which is literally available everywhere. Like, I mean, it's available on every device that we have uh, at our fingertips all the time. So I think to combat this, or the best way to combat this, is not only educating ourselves and our loved ones uh, about the damage pornography does to us on an individual basis and our thinking and our view of of biblical sexuality, of course, as Christians, uh, and the way we look at the opposite sex, but it also perpetuates uh, and literally funds criminal activity. Uh, We need to to make people aware of that, that they're not just doing something that's about them. Yeah. Uh, Like they're perpetuating and propping up a system uh, that's literally abusing women, abusing men, uh, and and maybe worst of all, uh, abusing children. Yeah. and, And it just goes to show the evil that is out there. And I think one of the big concerns, Trey, that's happening, um, alongside of this, same phenomena here with just this, the awful wickedness that's on online and available uh, to people is the fact that um, sex work and the idea of engaging in this industry is is being elevated as a a positive choice and an empowering choice. Um, you know, you see you see this over and over. Like talking about oh, sex workers have rights too, and and. Um, uh, that's a big shift in society that this is no longer yeah. um, just something that is, yeah, it's debauchery and people do it, but at least it was, at least it was frowned upon. Now there's this push and this move that it's okay. And, uh, and as we've talked about, it's absolutely not okay. I mean, you know, I think, I think a year or two ago, I wrote about um, the, the Super Bowl halftime performance. If you remember that, with J-Lo and they were like doing stripper poles and stuff and they called it empowering. And, and we talked about how that, you know, that is not, it's not empowering to reduce yourself to a physical object. Um, you know, especially for women, you know, to have men just feast their eyes and their imaginations on your, your physical, Hmm. um, body. It's just that that's abuse. I mean, that's, it's, you know, just it's spiritual abuse is degrading yourself. And, um, and, but it's being viewed as a positive today. Yeah, you know, I've talked to a, a couple times a former uh, pornography actor uh, who's now a Christian, yeah. and she and her husband advocate. They lead uh, an organization called Triple X Church now and trying to lead people away from pornography. But she also works with women who are still in the pornography industry and wanting to find a way out. Uh, and she said, "It's we've romanticized this, yeah. like the, both the sex work industry as you know prostitution and also pornography." She said, "But women don't choose this. Like, and if they do, she's few women who do choose it. They end up seeing how abusive it is, and then they get trapped and they can't get out, yeah. uh, or they feel like they can't get out because of the shame that's associated with it, or maybe the the pimp that they're working with, and they you know won't it's holding stuff over their heads." Uh, so she said it's a whole lot messier than this romanticized secular picture we've painted yeah. of it. And it's just it's just so toxic and damaging and destructive to, to human beings, both the people who are consuming it and the people who are who are, you know, in that industry. Uh, so it's just like you said, it's just such a toxic and dark, dark world. Uh, we need to be to raise awareness about it uh, so that people know really what they're getting into, uh, because it's like I said a few times, it's not something that's victimless. It's not just hurting you in, in really bad ways. It's also hurting, uh, you know, countless other people. Yeah. And uh, on that note, we have created a, a, an online e-course here called Set Free Course. You can find it at setfreecourse.com. And it is 
designed to help people that are either struggling with you know sexual addiction of some kind or or even just you know, sexual sin uh, of some kind it doesn't have to be a quote-unquote addiction um and and yeah. it's it's really the course just really puts forward god's view and how he intends us and how he made us and how he designed sex and and the the appropriate use and, and how we're supposed to approach that and so uh, it's a very good foundational course for anyone, uh, even if you're not particularly struggling with that right now. If you want to um, reset your view on that, and, and it's a great course, setfreecourse.com. Thousands of people have, have taken it, and um, it's just we've had just great testimonies there uh, of people's eyes being opened and and turned, their lives turned uh, in, in, in the right direction on that front because, I mean, the stats don't, do not lie. I mean, they're just, it's one of the most yeah. widespread issues uh, in the church today, and these, uh, you know, you see the numbers on places like Pornhub, and um, it, you can understand uh, why the Christians are not impervious to this. To this, in fact, we're just as susceptible uh, as anyone else. So, all right, well, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us here in the podcast. As always, you can subscribe on YouTube, on iTunes, uh, the Four and Three Podcast, uh, or you can just. Watch it right here on social media, on Facebook, uh, or wherever else you're watching. So uh, we're glad you're here. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will be back Monday with more news from a Christian perspective. Uh, And as always, head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com and get your latest news there. God bless you. We will see you next time.